On this episode of Forge and Anvil, we will discuss the White House flying a pride flag up front and center for all to see as a shining endorsement of transgenderism. Next, we'll talk about how California will be renting wombs to gay men for equal fertility rights. Then we'll talk about how Garth Brooks has offended his audience by calling those who boycott Bud Light a-holes. All this and more on Forge and Anvil. Welcome in, everybody. We had a last-minute guest cancellation, and I reached out to some of my good friends here and uh, managed to get together a full panel, and I'm super excited about it. So I'm joined by uh, Jason from Dear Woke Christian. So Jason, hey. go ahead and say hello and tell the audience who you are and what you do. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Connor. This is Jason from Dear Woke Christian, the Dear Woke Christian podcast. Um, I am a YouTuber and content creator that specializes in addressing how critical race theory and progressive Christianity um, clash with biblical Christianity. And that's what I do. Awesome. Well, welcome back, Jason. And Appreciate you, man. again, Anastasia Hibbs is back. So say hello, Anna. Hello. Um, well, I'm most well known for um, being on the Steve Day show and also him being my dad. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm most well known for. I'm being one of the only 20-year-old woman who doesn't like murdering babies. So there's that as well. And we are glad for it. And back again is uh, authoritarian, pro-interventionist, Zach of all. Oh, stop. They know me. Zach of all, singer, songwriter, guitar player, extraordinaire, serving up the chicken fried gospel with a side of that groovy gravy for your listening and dining pleasure each and every Tuesday night here on the tube of you. Of course, you can also listen to my music on the streaming platform, of your choice. Just type in my name and you'll find me. Awesome. Welcome back. Well, we'll dive straight into our first story. This that. is from the post-millennial. Biden drapes LGBT progress flag over White House while claiming laws banning child sex changes target trans kids. President Biden hosted the largest pride event ever held at the White House on Saturday. With hundreds in attendance, he said, I want to send a message to the entire community especially to transgender children. You are loved. You are heard. You belong. In a speech on the South Lawn, the president claimed that bills aimed to protect children from sex change procedures before adulthood are an attack on the children's or the child's freedom. Families across the country facing excruciating decisions to relocate to a different state to protect their child from dangerous anti-LGBTQ laws, he said. We need to push back against the hundreds of callous and cynical bills and laws introduced in states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors and nurses. These bills and laws attack the most basic values and freedoms. So my first thought when I saw this, I immediately thought there is no such thing as neutral spaces. And that's the first thing that immediately pops into my head. The moment that Christianity left the public square, or at least many Christians, I should say, individually abandoned the public square. More and more of this sinful behavior began to creep into the mainstream, all the way to the point where we now have the White House and the president act advocating for transgenderism and sex change surgeries. So, Jason, what was your initial thoughts to this? What else do we expect? What else do you honestly expect from a government 
that, and, and this has been going on for quite some time, so it's not new, it's not brand new with Biden, but for a government that hates its children to the point that it murders them in the womb, that hates God so much in the image of God that it would deface and literally make practice of defacing image bearers of God. What else do we honestly expect? So that being the case, I'm not terribly surprised. Um, I just wonder why, why are we surprised? That's really Mm -hmm. my question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anastasia, what about you? No, I, sorry. I have something in my throat. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, I think that there's also a big difference between love and affirmation. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest places that we as like conservatives or even as Christians and then these people over here, like we clash on is because when we go up against these things, it's not because we don't love them. We're doing them because we're doing these things because we love them. We're doing these things though, because we don't affirm them. Like when Jesus was here, he didn't affirm anybody where they were at. He loved them a lot and he loved them so much to tell them, Hey, sorry, buddy, you got it wrong. Or, Hey, I'm sorry. If you keep doing this, you're going to get hurt. And I mean, like one of my favorite Bible verses, which I say all the time, John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that they hated me too. You know, that's not very affirming to be where you're at. How is that affirming to be like, by the way, people are going to hate you, but it's loving because he gives us that news. And I think a lot of the times like LGBTQ and like that kind of group and stuff, it's all about affirming you where you're at, affirming what decision you want to make on what day. And they don't think about like they don't actually love when they say you are loved and you belong like okay, but they love you so much that they're going to put you under a knife or they love you so much because they're going to give you drugs that will change your life forever. Or they love you so much because they're going to put you in harm's way. That's not love. Just because you affirm something doesn't mean that it's love, but I completely agree. I I mean, it's no surprise at all. This is where we're at. Hmm. Zach, were you surprised? No, I mean, for much the same reason we live in a fallen sinful world full of broken people. And it's no surprise that those same broken people are in our government. They're, uh, what was interesting there was the the use of the word uh, freedom as uh, in reference to to children there. That's something that was kind of glossed over in the article, but it's something interesting to think about because you don't really have the same freedoms as a child that you do as an adult simply because you are still under the stewardship and care of your parents. So working with that mindset, I look at some of the laws that Biden was talking about there and where he's saying that these are harmful and, and restrictive towards trans kids or gender questioning kids. I actually see them as in a weird way, more protective of them for some of the reasons that Anna outlined there, that you can do some serious damage to yourself. And with some of the chemicals and stuff like that, a lot of that is still too new of science to know exactly what the, you know, long-term damage is the immediate side effects of our parent, but the long-term damage there is yet to be seen. So rushing any type of law for or against these types of things seems a bit hasty. And so that, to me, is the most concerning thing is that, you know, laws, you know, banning these things or allowing them, you know, there seems to be, there needs to be more consideration on this. It's not far from settled and, you know, um, <clears throat> there are ways to handle these things rather than, you know, signing laws in into into place there needs to be more discussion and things like that yeah 
One of the things I thought was interesting is Biden talking about moving to different states in order to receive, you know, the gender affirming care. What I find interesting is that's exactly how our country was intended to work. <laughs> and, you know, you basically have the president essentially disregarding federalism and just the entire idea of state sovereignty, which is, I mean, not shocking, obviously, um, given everything else we've seen from this administration. But I'm curious, Zach, because it seems like you've changed your stance on this a little bit from um, like previous episodes, because you mm. usually take the libertarian approach. So when it comes specifically to like transgender surgeries and mm -hmm. and uh, gender affirming care, what kind of led you to change your mind on a sort so of? I haven't changed my mind. Approach? This is uh, what, what we're talking about is is kids here. As an adult, mm. I mean, again, I'm not again, I'm not affirming, you know, mm. um, but you still have the right to do what yourself what you please um but we're talking about kids here and um you those kids are still i mean a lot of that responsibility falls on the parents there right so let's say that there are no laws prohibiting these things right and um a, a kid decides to actually undergo the surgery and things like that whatever negative consequences happen a botched surgery uh permanently damaging the, their, their chemical makeup <clears throat> or their biological makeup rather a lot of that responsibility falls on you as a parent because again, these are your kids. You're responsible for their, their care, their physical well-being. Mm -hmm. I have a friend of mine who was, you know, they, he was in talks with having a kid with his, his wife and he's like, and he's not quite there yet, but um, he, he said like, if I had a kid, one of, one of us is dying and it's not going to be me, you know? So like, it's, you know, like you're responsible for keeping the, your, your kids safe. So I, I, this is coming from somebody who's not a parent, you know, and probably far from it. But it seems to me like that's your primary role is to protect them, at least physically. And you, these, you know, they're, you're physically altering someone's body in a way that can't, like, I don't know what it looks like to, to be reversed. I've seen mixed results on that. So my stance hasn't changed on that. It's just we're in the context of kids here. I would say it's more nuanced than, than changed. It's not as black and white as yes or no. Um, mm. Yeah. Jason, you are the one with the the uh, oldest kids. Yeah. So, what are your what is your take on this as someone who's dealing with uh, with um, you know having to navigate these conversations and any response to what Zach said, if anything, to build off of that? Uh, this is this is a wicked, evil practice. We've spent the better part of a decade. Actually, truly, I believe it's it's a scheme to limit the amount of humans that are on the earth um, because we've spent a we've spent better part of a decade maybe even two trying to push relationships that don't result in children now the children that are born we are telling them that they can cut snip and do other things to healthy body parts which by the way keep in mind we're talking about doctors that were took the hippocratic oath to protect and to help bodies, but they're literally cutting off perfectly working body parts to turn somebody into something at, at, a, at a young age. I, I, I shudder to think when my kids, thankfully now they're older, but when they were younger, they would do some of the craziest stuff. I could only imagine a little person just deciding they want to do something and some adult in their perverted, wicked minds, whisking them off to get sliced and chopped and snipped and sewn because today they said that they feel like a boy, like whatever, like when I was younger, I mean, 
a tomboy was a perfectly normal girl that just liked to play football or just like to climb trees or went down to the creek and found crawdaddies. It was really that simple. Now all of a sudden, a tomboy has to be a boy named Tom. Like, wait, come on, wait, 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 pump the brakes here. So I believe it's wicked. I believe it's evil at the end of the day. And we as society will have to answer to God for this activity. Um, no, we didn't, we didn't support it, but we have to, we as society have to see there's, there's no other way before. I mean, we deserve the meteorite that we get. If we, <laughs> if the Lord decides that, you know, let me just flip a little Sodom and Gomorrah on y'all. We deserve it. We fully deserve it. Yeah. Michaela in the chat said attacking the seed or child of the family is also attacking the future of the faith. That's it. Yeah. Cause it, it's going to be really hard to proselytize little Tommy when he was actually born, Teresa. It's going to be really hard to do that in your household. It's going to really flip. I mean, because you do realize now everything about these people is about their genitalia, mm -hmm. lack of, or what they're trying. They're, so they, they, they can't just read a book. They can't just drive a car. They can't just go shopping. All of this stuff has to be informed by their private parts. Like, when was this ever a thing? Like, when was this ever a thing except now mm -hmm. where I can't even go to the grocery store? I have to go to a transgender grocer. Like, for what? <laughs> I just want some Cheerios. What are we talking about here, people? So, I, but that's that's the perverted wickedness of our minds. Like, we've, we've been given over to a reprobate mind. And we're looking at Romans 1 in real time. Like, this is this is... I'm sure there. I'm sure there were countless other times in in human history when they were like, "Man, we're probably in Romans one, or wow, this is really what we thought." I think we're living it like in in HD up in here. Like this is Romans like one is looking soft right now. <laughs> yeah, right, Paul. Maybe Paul, oh, you you undercut it, but no, I think. Um, and then lastly, to build off of what Michaela said, I think this lends itself to a a maybe looking at Revelation from the amillennial um, approach that this mm. is an ongoing situation. Cause boy, that dragon sure seems to be crouched mm. right before the woman trying to eat her, her, her young again. So yeah. that was just my little two cent. Hopefully we can make a dollar. Yeah. There was an interesting line in there uh, <clears throat> in the actual article. I don't know if anybody caught it where uh, it was actually from Jill Biden where uh, she was saying, we just want our kids to be kids, you know, running around and eating too much sugar. And I was like, exactly. You know, like, exactly. That's what we're, like, that's what we're advocating for. Yeah. Like, like, you know, so like, like nobody, nobody disagrees with you on that. It's just like, some of us want, you know, a, a, a little bit of skepticism to be applied to the, you know, the things that people are asking you for. It's, it's one thing to like, to listen and things like that. And, 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 and it's one thing to like have discourse about it. It's another thing to like hear three people's opinions and then like go off signing a bunch of laws and stuff like that. And, you know, it's some of the pushback to it from the medical insurance companies and things like that. It's worth, you know, I didn't have time today to do it, but it's worth looking into about how like it will increase the cost of premiums and things oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. So like it's there are long term consequences to any legislation. That's why my whole argument is it's like, let's pump the brakes here. Like, let's assume for a second here that maybe that's not the healthiest thing and that having, you know, some type of legislation to protect, you know, these kids that are trying to figure themselves out, you know, might be better than not having those laws. 
Yeah. Let's let's start there and then maybe talk about removing those. Sure, <laughs> Joel said, yeah. Shara Joel said, yeah, we see how well Jill Biden's kids turned out. (laughs) What do you mean, Shara? They're they're great, upright. Can we we also (laughs) just point out, though, their children didn't have this situation. They got it. I mean, they didn't. Now, granted, whatever the issues are with the Biden children, that's whatever. But they didn't cut and snip and sew and and do all this foolishness to their children. But you want us to do it to ours. I think it's adorable. Like uh, Levine, he literally said, I'm glad that I chose to change my gender after I had children. <laughs> Why? Because you know that you'll never do it again. If you, you snip, cut, tip, and all this kind of craziness. So they already know what they're doing. It's not, this isn't, I, there's no way in the world they haven't thought about it, Zach. So I don't want to disagree with you, but I do want to push back. There's no way in the world they think that taking a a, a seven, an eight, a nine-year-old girl who hasn't even, good gracious, a lot, mm-hmm. and saying, oh, like for crying out loud, what's the difference between um, female genitalia mutilation then? We, we have no position now. Remember mm-hmm. that big hubba blue about the, the practice of cutting off a, a young girl's um, private parts? Yeah. It, it, again, we have, no, we have no justification now anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when 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 that religious cult actually looks more sane than the United States, we're done. Yeah. We're wrapped up. Yeah. So I don't think we actually disagree for clear- the matters of clarity yeah. there. I think I just um, want to pick a fight with you. I just want to hear your, your <laughs> I like the way your voice sounds. I was actually trying to pick a fight <laughs> with you. That was all. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just have that kind of face where people just want to fight me. I don't know why. That's it. I, <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, yeah, I don't think we disagree entirely. I think for my point is like one side is very clearly thought about this, and that is the side that is advocating for um, the removal of these types of laws to make it easier for kids to get these surgeries. And I'm saying, hold up, like, let's think about this. Like, I'm glad that you have, like, you guys have thought about it, but some of us haven't. And, like, also, like, you haven't brought, like, you brought stuff to the table and you're not letting us respond to that without, you know, calling names. And that's where a lot of my concern is, is like, why the pushback then? Like, why is it controversial for me to say, hey, look, let's pump the brakes here and think about maybe switching perspectives and thinking, maybe this is not the healthiest thing for, you know, these, you know, for kids, right? Whether it's a spiritual thing, like we're having here a conversation like that, or, you know, a scientific thing, like, let's just at least have that conversation. And it just seems to me, it's just been, let's have, you know, let's remove protections and let kids have these gender reassigning surgeries and not, not talk about anything else. It's like, that's where my concern is, mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense. No, it makes perfect It sense. just seems like the opposite of what a healthy yeah. society would do. My concern also comes from just thinking about... Um, like you said, Zach, removing barriers from children. I think that there's also just a push for children are smart enough to know what they want to do. You know, children can make these decisions. Parents don't need to be involved. And it, and it ultimately ends up being a erosion of parental rights. Yeah. And in addition to eroding parental rights, it's also obviously hypocritical. Um, you know, Shara in the chat said uh, something about how uh, a 12 year old can't go and get a tattoo, but they can change their gender. 
It's like, exactly. And there's, they're very selective about when they want children to have freedom. And it almost always is in the direction of their sexuality. It's almost never any other category with the exception of maybe doing drugs, different type of substance abuses. Mm-hmm. Aside from maybe substance abuses, it tends to always be revolving around sexuality. I mean, mm-hmm. am I the only one that had, says, has seen that? Is, am I wrong here? No. no and it's, wrong. Yeah. And like sexuality is also like, I mean, not that the substance abuse and things like that is, is, is black and white, but like sexuality, it's, it's a very confusing and like heavy topic. And um, so for it to be, you know, treated at l- more loosely than tattoos, you know, or s- seeing R-rated movies and things like that is kind of is another thing that I find kind of concerning. Can I ask what you mean by when you say that sexuality is a confusing and hard topic? Uh, well, for much, there, there is a lot of confusion around that. And rather than it goes back to what I was talking about before, where the, these folks have made, made up their minds and are trying to make up our minds for us. And I think there's a lot of people that are stuck in the middle. Um, there's another article that we're going to talk about later on about, you know, how social conservatism is on the rise. And there's a lot of people that are stuck in the middle with these, these issues there. And I think for a kindergartner, you know, there's the having the birds and the bees talk. And then there's the, there's the, you know, the, the step beyond that, right. Where, what is it like when a boy likes another boy, right. Or a girl likes another girl. That's where things start to get complicated. Hmm. But even in that, We've, we've sexualized our community, our society to the point that you can't even say like, Connor is my good friend. I really enjoy hanging out with him. We play video games. We ride bikes together. We catch tadpoles down at the park mm-hmm. at the creek. Well, y'all must be getting ready to get married. The heck? Like, how did we get yeah. here? I'm just, I was like my friend Connor. Like, I could only imagine if this foolishness happened pre-internet. Like, I did, first of all, I don't think it could happen. Mm-hmm. because but i'm like children i'm, I'm I, yeah i'm the oldest one on here children used to just hang out with each other and just have fun with each other there was not a component of sexuality to it it was just it was hanging out with my friends mm-hmm. just going bike riding and doing this and and, and the such of that nature there's nothing to it now everything because their minds have been given over to perversion everything is the the, the punk the punchline is sex no matter what you can be playing a guitar you could be uh reading a book you could be driving your car it doesn't matter somehow or another it's got to be related to sex because we, we we've perverted ourselves to the point of insanity so i my only pushback would be the reason some of these things are confusing and such like that is because we have allowed it to because we've denied mm-hmm. reality and the truth of what god's word actually mm-hmm. says that yeah, a man and- is made for a woman and a woman is made for a man and this should be mommy and daddy should get together. Now, mind you, we can have like a three day conversation about the fact that we've uh, we've um, given up our, our position to call out heterosexual sins. Mm-hmm. And now this is just the, the natural progression. We should have been calling that other foolishness out a long time ago, but we didn't. You gave it a, a nod and a wink and it's OK. And now look where we are. Yeah. The camel's nose is in the tent and it's a wrap. I also, I think that with like the issue of 
transgenderism and stuff, especially where we're at. That's my ice maker. Sorry. I just feel like it's a really delicate issue more in the sense of like when it comes to the children, because like, I know that like someone that I work with had kind of seen like Chloe Cole speak and she was talking about how like, yes, she's like 18, 19, but her like mind is still working at like a 13 year old level because that's where she stopped progressing. Cause that's when she like got surgeries and was being so heavily influenced by everybody. So like, yes, it, I think, and this is something that I've kind of started to tone back a little bit, like never tone back when you're t- telling truth, like truth should always be number one, but like, the people on the other side, I guess you can say, like I was talking about the difference between loving and affirming are being so kind and so gentle. And it's like, why wouldn't you, if you're a young kid who, you know, kind of like Zach's talking about is confused and it's hard and they don't understand. And you can come over to this group where everything makes sense because nothing does. And you can be anything Mm -hmm. you absolutely want. And that's easy to just be like, because I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. wants to go, you know, on the big road, nobody wants to go on the path less traveled. So I feel like that's also just not necessarily a warning, but kind of like a caution that I would also say to, Mm. you know, people listening out there and people having these conversations is like, yes, like we know where we stand, boy, boy, girl, girl, done. But like to these people, it's like so hard for them to wrap their brains around that because a lot of them just stop developing. They stop maturing. They stop growing up. And so they're working at like a 13, 12, 11 year old level. And so I just, yeah, I was just more so trying to heed kind of that caution because it's just, it's hard right now. This convert, I mean, transgenderism is literally a spit in God's face back to mm-hmm. all the way back to the beginning of when we started, you know, but it's easy for me to tell that to you guys because we all agree and we we all can, you know, our minds are developed and we can have this conversation. Yeah. But when you're talking to some of these people, like they don't get that and they don't understand that. And like shame on the parents that put their children through this. And I think every single one of them should be in prison for the way they treat their children, because a lot of people can't have kids out there and you were blessed with children and you decide instead of caring for them and nurturing for them and looking at them and saying, you were not made with a mistake. You were made to be who you are. And I love you for that, no matter how you feel. And for them to just go ahead and do these things is despicable and disgusting. Mm. Amen. Yeah. It honestly boils down to a lack of catechism, I think. Oh, for sure. Mm. I think just lack of catechizing within the home has led to so many of these children being so susceptible to to just the constant hammering from the culture. And it doesn't help too that I think that public schools is so easily embraced by even the church community. Um, you know, I, I don't think that it's, it's necessarily, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say that every single person should homeschool. Cause I get that not everyone is in the perfect position to homeschool, but boy, there's just a, a larger responsibility needs to be, taken on by the parents with just general catechizing yeah i can dig in but let's go ahead and move on to our next story so this is also from the post-millennial so we're doing we're double dipping here tonight post-millennial let's go california moves to provide surrogates to gay male couples in the name of fertility equality if it'll load for me here California Build SB 729 seeks to redefine infertility to be a status as opposed to a medical condition. 
changing the definition to a person's inability to reproduce either as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention would classify gay men as infertile. The bill, which passed the Senate last month, would require insurance companies to cover in in vitro fertilization procedures. With the change in definition, this would also include forcing the firms to cover surrogacy for gay males. Co-author of the bill, Caroline Menjivar, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but oh well, said the bill will ensure that queer couples no longer have to pay more of -of out-of-pocket to start families than non-queer families, she continued. This bill is critical to achieving full lived equality for LGBTQ plus people, as well as advancing well-rounded and comprehensive health care for all Californians. An organization called Men Having Babies boasted that the bill will remove financial barriers for gay men who wish to rent a woman's woman's womb to have a child who has the DNA of one of the males in the relationship. So there's more there, and we can definitely dive deeper into the article as we discuss. But first of all, just the idea of renting wombs and the fact that the article made a point to mention that. I honestly think about how the right is always accused of <laughs> of Handmaid's Tale and how we want to bring know. about the Handmaid's yeah, Tale. Yeah. But then here we are in California and they are like, oh, if you're a man and you have another man that you uh, that you are shacking up with and you want to go ahead and uh, have the state pay for you to rent out a woman's a woman's womb. I can't say that tonight. <laughs> you go on ahead. So apparently California has officially uh, brought about the handmaid's tale. So what are your thoughts, Anastasia? <laughs> One, I don't know why anybody even lives there anymore. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, I don't know if I've told this to, I don't know if I've said this before. My husband and I, we went on a uh, vacation to Los Angeles thinking we were like grew up in Iowa. We were like, let's go have our like LA little dream. And it was a nightmare. It was so dirty. And it's just, it's honestly like, and at the time it was just like, we were just like, "Eh." but now that I'm looking back, like that's just so sad. Like when you live like that, that's because you are living in a world, like, like I said before, you're living in a world where everything's right. So nothing is, and everybody's just given in to what they want to do. So that's why it looks like that because nobody loves them enough to crack down on things. And it looks disgusting and the people resonate with that and everything else. So period done. But anyways, um, as far as the renting a womb thing, I was literally going to say the exact same thing that you said, Connor, because I was going to say that that too. I was like, I thought we were the bad guys because we were trying to make your women have our babies and blah, 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 blah. And now you guys are doing the exact same thing. Like you literally made a TV show about it and now you're doing it. And now you guys accuse us. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy, honestly. So, but Connor, I was going to say almost the exact same thing that you said. Well, it's really intersectionality. I mean, the the gay man apparently is higher on the hierarchy than the straight woman. I mean, that's what it seems to be. And I know, Jason, you talk a lot about intersectionality. So I know that that's a whole convoluted, uh, ever-changing landscape to figure out who has the most privilege. But clearly, in this case, you can see that uh, that uh, gay men have more, more privilege over um, 
heterosexual couples in California who actually have to pay to have this done. And that being said, I do know some loved ones in California that uh, they struggled with uh, with fertility issues and uh, they were not reimbursed or covered to uh, do any form of fertility care. Um, but here we are. We are encouraging what we we are we are always going to be incentivizing what we as a society want more of. And California has decided that they want to abolish traditional norms and what the nuclear family looks like. And so here we are. Mm -hmm. They are paying for a gay individuals to be able to rent wombs. <laughs> Zach, yeah, do you have you any thoughts on this? Feel out there? Go ahead. How do you, I just like, I just, as a, like, as a lady, I'm just kind of like, like how demeaning would that I I think about that now and I'm like that is so demeaning and it breaks my heart because it's like they're literally moving to the place that they didn't want to move and they were doing that it's just it's demeaning it's disgusting honestly yeah yeah I mean perhaps one of the more I mean besides what's already been said obviously one of the more disturbing things about that is like the change in definition of Language, infertility yes. that's mm -hmm. that's a dangerous thing to do when you're changing you know because like like because you can be gay and be fertile right and you, you can technically be, are fertile you yeah just, that's what i'm getting at you just put it in the wrong spot exactly yeah so like I, you know and then again like for what she was talking about like like fertility is the thing that like a surprising number of couples like struggle with is like infertility issues and there's lots of reasons for that yeah there you is. know yeah like so i mean like again like and like connor was saying it's like it's as, to my knowledge it's never like not been a cheap thing to like have to have to go through so like maybe we need to take a look at that before we start picking and choosing you know who gets i would rather we not pick and choose but it seems like there's an issue here within the healthcare system itself that needs to be addressed before we start, you know, start changing things willy nilly, <laughs> I guess. And so, yeah, when we're changing with like established, you know, med medical terminology, I get that things need to change. Like, that's not my argument is like, but there is a process for how we change these things. And it seems like more often than not, like, again, circling back around what we just talked about, it gets ignored. Um, and I don't exactly know why. It's one of the more frustrating things about it. Yeah. The scientific process that we traditionally learned in in school, or at least we should have learned in school, yeah. uh, is no is no more, honestly. It, the last few years, if nothing else, the last few years absolutely it oh, it's still buried it. Buried yeah. it alive, and it's still screaming for air. And it, well, I, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. It's still happening. It's just not the focal point, which is what I think bothers me the most is because you don't have to look very hard to find like, honestly, like honest dissenting information on, you know, or pushback, let's say against, you know, letting kids have gender reassignment surgery or pushback against, you know, bills like this, like you don't have to search very hard, like it's being done. It's just like, we're not allowed to talk about it. It's the institutions. Or, the institutions are trying to gatekeep that knowledge. Well, see, and I would and like to say is. that, but like the, but again, like there is research being done and like there are, you know, there are people are getting funding for this from somewhere, but we're not allowed to talk about it publicly. That's what's bothering me. So I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I waver back and forth on the institutional side of things. It's like on one hand, like 
they're paying for these things, but also on the other hand, they're not allowing them to be discussed in public places, you know, like, and like the internet is not a good place to have a conversation. Like Twitter, not a place you want to be having conversations with, you know what I mean? Like Facebook groups, again, I, you know, I learned a lot, but it's not the place (laughs) to be having these types of conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I just, it creeps me out that like, again, this, like I had no idea that this was even being, well, I guess I, 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 I could guess if you would give me like three guesses, I'd probably get it within the first, you know, first guess. But it's like, it bothers me that like, there's something wrong with you. If you just even like, you don't even have to come down as hard as we're coming down here. Just it's some, if the, for the one person out there is like, Hey, let's pump the brakes here for a little bit. I'm like, let's, let's talk about this. Like that person's maligned. That's what freaks me out. Cause there's no reason yeah. for that. Like, and especially if you think you're right. And like, let's say for argument's sake, like scientifically speaking, you're right. Then you have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the reasons that like us as a base, I guess you could say, is almost failing or being steamrolled, like has a big problem to do with our churches today, I would say at least, because I think our churches are so mixed in their messages. And like, you have one church on this side of the street that's like, come in, you're LGBT, blah, 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 blah. And then you have this side of the church that's like, actually... No, you actually have to repent of your sins. You actually have to admit that you actually don't deserve any of this. And which seems more fun, the party over here or the one where you have to actually, I, for lack of a better term, let go of your pride? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's one of the problems like, of why we're being so steamrolled. And secondly, I think that sometimes we have a problem with being silent because I think we've kind of come to this point where at least a lot of the people that like I used to be friends with and stuff, like a lot of my theater friends back when I used to do theater would share like a lot of the same opinions that I had, but then we'd get into a group and we'd have start having this discussion. I'd be like, yeah, remember like we were talking about this and they were like, no, like I definitely don't agree with that and blah, 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 blah. Like, Mm. so I think one of the problems also that we have today is like, we should not be afraid of not being liked because Mm. when I, finally decided I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to stand for what God's word said. He provided my husband and I are doing fine. You know what I'm saying? We live in a fine home. We have food in our stomachs. I'm on this podcast chilling with you guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. God provides. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, would I rather have 30 friends or would I rather know? And when I go to bed and I lay my head on that pillow that I'm standing for truth. And I think that's a decision that a lot of people struggle with nowadays. As sure. Well. Absolutely. I guess maybe I'm speaking from, dare I say, a point of privilege where I like a long time ago, <laughs> like long, even before I met Connor, like I just stopped caring what people mm-hmm. think. And like, so now it's getting to the point where I can start like social engineering people where I'll just say the most unhinged <laughs> things solely to see what their response will be. And, um, and it's interesting. So, you know, I guess I've never had that fear of just, and like, also doesn't help that like, I'm like, everybody knows like, well, I don't, my, my friend's group seems to be dwindling by the day. Um, and there's many reasons for that, but right. they used to know me as the, the, the Mr. Libertarian guy where like they, they would bring me in to like challenge literally everybody else in the room. They hear some stuff that they'd never heard before. And the fact that it was all backed up by hours of reading and could I, at one point or another, I used to be able to have lost this to the, the coffers of time and, and guitar licks, but I used to be able to give you like chapter and verse on where to go to find these things. Can't do that anymore. But again, I'm used to just being the least popular person in the room. So when I'm out there saying, listen, you know, Mr. Mr. Gay dude, like I want to be your friend and I want to help you, you know, encounter Jesus. 
but like at the same time, like I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do that, but I'm also not going to let, you know, things in, in, I'm not going to sacrifice sound doctrine um, for the, the sake of tolerance. Well, as long as you don't break the 11th commandment. <laughs> right, Jason. Say it one more time. I said, as long as you don't break the 11th commandment. Right. I shall be nice. <laughs> I shall be nice. Go ahead, Anastasia. No, and I just think that's a lot that people really need that confidence because I just don't see that a lot. I don't see us sometimes showing up and showing out and doing the things that we need to do. You know what I'm saying? Or I mean, like, even for example, I don't know, maybe this, this might seem more of like a worldly example, but I'll use this as an example. Like even with my dad's movie and stuff, like people being like, oh, I don't want to go, you know, to the theaters and cause I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Or I don't know that like, okay, but you need to, or I don't want to go and vote because I don't want to wait in the line or, oh, I have to go to this or like, okay, well, how are you going to expect change to happen if you're not willing to take that extra step to make change happen? And I think yeah. we need confidence to be like, listen, I'm standing in God's truth. I'm going to continue walking in God's truth. I think we also, as a base, sometimes lack the knowledge. Like I, you know, something like my, one of my managers at my job was really challenging us a couple of weeks ago. Like he was like, you guys need to know your stuff. He was like, if you guys are going to work here, he was like, if you guys are going to continue to walk out in truth, like you need to know the word of God. And I was like, you know, that is such a slap in the face. And I feel like that needs to be a slap in the face that a lot of Christians today need to have too, is like, are you just using this as kind of a badge of honor so that you can kind of use it? Or do you actually know it? Like my pastor on Sunday was like, I know that you guys know who God is, but do you know the characteristics of God? Do you know what he looks like? Do you know, can you explain it to people? Can you point them in the right direction? And I'm sitting there like, Honestly, no, I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we all use it as so many have a badge of honor, kind of like on our little Boy Scout sash. But how many of us can be like, you know what? I have this great verse. Let me put it off the top of my head or have the confidence to be like, let's go to here and let's read this. So I feel like not only do we have to have the confidence to stand in God's truth and know God's truth, but we also have to read the word. Like we can't be sporting something around and not actually have the knowledge to do it. And we have to show up and show out or else nothing's going to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a, a survey done a while, a while ago that, uh, um, I, I don't have in front of me, but it, it said that the number one thing that pastors recognize in their church is that, uh, the biggest idol is comfort. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. those same pastors said that they are also, uh, they also struggle with comfort as well as, um, trying to get their congregation to, be willing to step into a realm of discomfort. And I think that goes hand in hand with what you're saying, Anastasia, because honestly, yeah, uh, people that don't even want to go out and, and vote, for example, we'll just use that as, as the example here uh, because they think it doesn't matter or it doesn't make much of a difference or whatever the case may be. I mean, what a simple thing that you can do to actively participate in, in, impacting the culture even if you don't think that you know washington is going to be your savior because let's face it you're almost never going to get any help from washington um that's just the reality there's a reason why uh, an act of congress is a saying that is similar to when pigs fly you know uh but regardless um we're not endorsing politicians so much as we are endorsing active participation in affecting culture for righteousness 
I wanted to bring it back to the chat here because uh, Michaela, Michaela, in regards to the article, she said, can we please recognize the elimination of the biological mother from the child's life? And that is something that I don't think we've discussed yet, but it is wild to think about that because as I've seen my wife be a new mom and really go into that role and watching, watching my child just react to the interaction with her. And there are just certain things, Jason, you can probably attest to this. There are just certain things that daddy is no good for that. They only want, they only want mama for, and (laughs) I just cannot imagine the, the, the Pete Buttigieg, the Pete Buttigieg's of the world, you know, kicking the kicking the pregnant lady out of the out of the uh hospital beds that they can sit and take their selfie and just the effect that that child is going to have growing up never knowing biological mom can i comment on that wild please there was a uh i think it was a cut video wow those people always come out with the craziest videos um but there was a cut video and it was this girl and they kind of do this thing where it's like one side is in, in like they completely disagree and then they're like step forward if you agree with this prompt or whatever but long story short one of the girls had two dads and no mom and one of the people on the panel was like i mean don't you feel like you're kind of like lacking like you lacked maternal like in like a maternal figure in your life growing up and all this stuff and as she started to defend herself she just started to like completely and totally break down but like while she but she continued to defend herself, but she was breaking down and she's like, I just can't handle this and blah, blah, blah. And like it just made me see like why force someone to do go through that if they actually don't have to. Like so mm-hmm. many kids have to go through that because there's no other option because right. either their mothers passed away or they were given up for adoption and then they can never go back. And like how many times do you hear those kids say, I wish my mom was here. I wish I could find my mom. I wish I even knew who my mom was, you know, sure. or you know, I would have friends where you're complaining about your mom and you're like, they're like, at least you have a mother figure in your life, your mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like seeing yep. people like that break down. It's like, again, why would you force a child to go through that when they actually don't, when you actually do have a mother in this world who loves you? I don't understand that. Because yeah. we're wicked. Because yep. we're evil. Let's just say it. It makes us, it, it'll, it'll actually help us if we just admit you know what? You're evil. I mean, that's it. Now, that doesn't mean that the Lord can't save you. That does not mean that you can't right. be converted, but you're evil. I Going back to the the um, exacting change, and, and this might get into uh, a pseudo discussion debate about, you know, the role of Christians in in the national politics and such, such like that. Our marching orders were to make disciples. Mm. And I think we might have we might do well as believers to kind of go back and say hey are we doing what we were told to do because at the end of the day we were not told to overturn governments we weren't told to make the world a better place just you and me so we have to be mindful that this is our marching orders this is not our home anymore once you are regenerated your citizenship here in this world was changed. You got a you got a green card, and you are now a citizen sojourning to a different place. It, it, it would do us good to just remember that, 
because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, um, no matter what your your um, eschatology is, I think we all can agree to some degree, shape, or form. Yeah, this place is going to be in bad shape when it's over. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. I know some people have, have have couched it and made themselves feel really good that we're supposed to make it better. This place is going to be in bad shape when it's over. So let's just admit that and say, hey, we need to snatch as many people as we can as, and get them on that narrow road, as Anastasia said, as quickly as possible. Moving forward, don't look behind you. Keep going, keep going. But I think that that's something we need to remember that as believers, those who have been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the gospel need to remember that this is not our home. Yeah. And to that point, Jason, I think that for me, I, I'm just going to speak for myself here. I grew up in a church that very much um, didn't outright say this, but whether they whether they said it or not, it seemed that the church culture at least believed that we are to go and make converts of all nations. And once I finally understood the difference between a disciple and a convert and what that distinction is that really freed me up to understand um why breaking the 11th commandment was so hard for me right yeah definitely thou shall be nice yep mm-hmm. um michaela said in the chat she said yes anna and what are the laws surrounding the child and their interaction with that biological mother if they desire it say at age 13 or something do they get to meet her my guess is that it is probably just up to the discretion of yeah. their legal guardians, which would be the two men. Wait, right. there was a case. There was a case of two lesbians that were not able to have children, obviously. They got a sperm donor and I forgot how they got inseminated. And they didn't get inseminated naturally, let's just say like that. And one of the eventually um, the the two women that were pretending like they were married separated. And the one that had the daughter got sick and had no means to take care of herself. And they were able to sue the um, sperm donor for child support. I'm like, wow. So I, and I want to say it was in California. I'm going to look, I'm trying to look it up. But my point is all of these new ridiculousnesses that have come up are this is going to be one of them i wouldn't be surprised if they're if the mother is going to be responsible even though if this story flipped on his head and the two men that that were quote unquote pretending like they were married are no longer together and one of them is sick i suing the mother for child support i would not i would not be surprised Hmm. especially in california could you imagine being that guy, <laughs> that guy that donated his seed to <laughs> to like, these women, and then he's yeah. getting sued to pay child support? Like, oh man, that like the idea of reaping what you sow. <laughs> Is there a better <laughs> example? Like, imagine though, like especially if like like you just like you're you're coming at it from just like as pure a motive as you can possibly like i'm gonna help people and this is gonna be great and this is the right thing to do you know what i mean like especially if you're coming at it i guess well there's a certain amount of like naivety to how i presented that but like you you, we all know people that like you know try to do the the best that they can you know for the people around them you know like you don't want to see bad things happen to those people but at the same you know like 
I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's my dark sense of humor where I'm just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> so wild. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. A completely uh, hard transition here because there's no good segue. But uh, this is from the New York Post. Garth Brooks says he'll sell every brand of beer at his bar after Bud Light Mulvaney fiasco. Garth Brooks won't be boycotting Bud Light. The 61-year-old famed country singer said he will offer the beleaguered Anheuser-Busch-owned brand at his new Nashville bar. Despite the controversy over its marketing partnership with transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney, I want it to be a place you feel safe in. I want it to be a place where you feel like there are manners and people like one another, he told the billboard uh, when asked about his new establishment. And yes, we're going to serve every brand of beer. We just are. Brooks added, it's not our decision to make. Our thing is this. If you are let into this house, love one another, he added. If you are an a-hole, there are plenty of other places on Lower Broadway. So I find this hilarious because, first of all, as someone who lives in Tennessee, I'll be sure to tell all my friends to not go to Garth <laughs> Brooks's uh, new honky-tonk. And I'm going to make sure that instead they go to uh, Redneck Riviera uh, and support John Rich or someone to that effect. If they're gonna if they're gonna go down to downtown Nashville, which already I don't necessarily recommend, but but either way, I just find that hilarious because how absolutely oblivious can you be to understanding the base of the people that support you and that have completely fueled your million dollar career. I mean, it's obvious that conservatives are the individuals that listen to country the most, you know, whether you like country as a liberal or not, you cannot deny that the majority of individuals who are uh, country music consumers are going to be conservative. And so I don't know if this is just Garth, just genuinely not knowing anything about the situation and putting his foot in his mouth or what the case may be, but I genuinely find this hilarious. And I don't know if we're going to see Garth apologize in the next few weeks or if he's going to double down like Bud Light. But either way, I am really interested to see what sales for his uh, concerts start to do over the next six, six, eight months. Well, but probably, probably not what you would hope, right? Or, well, not maybe not necessarily you per se, but one of the things somebody mentioned in the comments, because that's what popped into my head um, immediately after reading that is, is like the, the article headline is, is like he'll sell every uh, brand of beer. I think the more accurate way to describe that is, is that he will offer every, <laughs> every brand of beer because, you know, mm. especially right now with Bud Light, not a lot of people are going to be buying that. I don't think a lot of people in my opinion bought Bud Light on the best of times. Like, you know, you may offer me yeah. Bud Light. I'm not going to buy it because I don't like drinking urine. Maybe it's me. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Maybe I'm a bigot for not wanting to drink urine. But, um, you know, I, so I, I listen, like, and then as far as like it being a welcome, welcoming establishment, like nobody wants to go to a, especially a bar. And I've been to a number of them and had to perform <laughs> for hours on end music at them. Many in that very city. You don't want to go to the ones where people don't look friendly. Like I remember one time, I walked into this bar and it was like, I definitely felt like I was about to like get in like a roadhouse type of fight. And thankfully, as everybody who listens to the show knows, I learned everything I know about being a man from roadhouse. So I was prepared for that. And 
I, I finally just like said, like everybody was looking at me and like, I don't think I, you know, was dressed funny that day. I finally just said, calm down, everybody. I'm just here to have a beer. You know, like you don't want to go to that type of establishment where that's the first thing you have to say before you even get up to the counter to order a drink. Right. So I can kind of see where he's coming from. Like you want to have a nice clean bar and a friendly establishment. And to your point, Connor, I don't think he knows what's going on. Or, you know, I think he might be vaguely aware of that. And it's mostly because like Garth Brooks, I don't know if you've like looked at him on social media or anything like that. I legitimately believe that he's been famous for so long that he does not know how to act like a human being. Like, I think he's in a, an elite category of like yeah. famous people where he just doesn't know. Like, so like to your point, like, yeah, he does, but I don't think it's for any like malicious, like, I don't think he's trying to get any clout with anybody because he doesn't need it. Like if he well, shows up, in I, people's towns, I disagree to a point because specifically his comment about uh, if you're going to be an a-hole and I, yeah, I think, but see, I don't uh, think that was directed uh, the way that you think it would was it, i mean like it's not but either way his misunderstanding of the dylan mulvaney situation and in garth if for some reason you ever stumble upon our little podcast where are the bodies I'll just tell garth? you where are the bodies garth <laughs> i will just tell you the reason why people are upset is because dylan mulvaney not only is is selling bud light which used to also be sold to a very conservative audience and his ideology is absolutely opposed to the conservative movement beyond just his ideology being opposed dylan mulvaney has a very young demographic that listens to him and follows him on social media so you have dylan mulvaney simultaneously selling beer to young individuals mostly minors i believe that someone has shown that his uh his like bulk audience is around age 17 so he's marketing uh alcohol to underage uh, consumers. And in addition to that, he is marketing transgenderism and that transgender queer ideology. And so this is not just a matter of Dylan Mulvaney is a gay man, you know, in a commercial for adults. Uh, that would be, that would have its own issues. But Who's literally I think said he wants to be a child. He's literally yes. dressed up as a child and said yep. he wants to be a little girl. Yes, he so said little girl. Really fast. Anyway, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's a, he said that he wants to be a little girl, not not a woman, a little girl. So you have a grown man wanting to be a little girl selling beer to teenagers. That's why the individuals are upset. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I don't know what I don't know what Garth Brooks is thinking. I think people have to realize people come to establishments for a product. People come to listen to music for a product. Um, um, Zach, when you perform, mm -hmm. they want a product. They really truly at the end of the day, wouldn't care what your politics are. Cause that's the ideas that you espouse. Mm -hmm. If you play really good music and you perform, you, you give them a good show. There's a lot of things that people will completely ignore and overlook lest you make a big deal out of it mm -hmm. um see michael jackson for examples <laughs> a see prince for example b i mean there's a lot of things that people just kind of ignored about prince ignored about michael jackson because they thought that they were good artists and they never really put their ideas and those problematic things about them on display up front so i think what garth brooks should probably do is say hey you know what we're opening up a bar here in Nashville. Come check it out. If you have two or three bottles of Bud Light, then I probably wouldn't buy a lot of it if I was Garth. 
because from what I'm seeing, it is doing horrible. <laughs> so even if you have some of it on, you don't have to even say anything. You got four yeah. bottles of it, and you're going to still have four bottles next week. Just leave it alone. You don't have to make a big show out of it because you're not going to sell it by being cantankerous and such like that because people are not going to, they're going to come, as you said before, they're going to have a negative attitude about your um, about your establishment. That's going to drive down the morale of your bartenders because they're not making gangs of money if people are doing this. And so the, all that stuff is going to tank because you got a showboat and you got a flex about Bud Light when you could just say, you could just sell it. Nobody would even care. My Kroger, my, my grocery store still sells it. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't get out there and they're not chest beating about it. They're just offering a product. And if you want to buy it, it's there. <laughs> exactly. That's why I liked, you know, that's why in my mind, well, I was like, he may think he's, you know, he might literally be that night that he thinks he's going to sell a few Bud Lights. But like, you know, I would, if I were him, I would just say, we're going to offer. Yeah. That's to me the more, you know, yeah, I guess sales mini. Yeah. You know, I completely which, agree. I just don't think he should have mentioned. I don't think he should have mentioned it in the beginning. I completely yeah. agree with uh, what you said. I think it, like you know, like you said, opening up a bar, come check it out, chilling like it. villain. Period. Send. That's what I think he was trying to say. Is what I'm getting at, though. I just don't think he did. Yeah, I disagree because, because why even say the whole "you're well, an angel if you don't" and we're gonna love everyone. Well, here. see again, he's I like, don't think he's directing here, that. Period. Send. Everybody, come check it out. Yeah, I don't think that's what I'm saying. Is, is I don't think he's deliberately calling people, you know, names by that. I just think he's just saying it was a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Like, don't be a jerk if you're going to come hang out at my bar. Right. So mm -hmm. that includes the people, by the way, that are all about Bud Light and are defending Bud Light right now. Right. Because there's some not nice people there that have had some very dis, you know, disparaging things to say. So I would say if he's going to be consistent, which, again, he's not at this point a human being because he's been famous for so long that he, I lived. I'm telling you, watch his Twitter or his Instagram. It's no, horrifying. Never... He's a goblin. But like he's been famous for so long that I don't think he understands like people are gonna expect I was expecting that of him is okay, like if you're gonna, you know, if I'm not gonna buy Bud Light. Well, I mean, I was always a jerk about Bud Light prior to the this happening. I was like, people are like, we're bud boycotting Bud Light. And I was like, good, it's gross. But um, I had no idea of it. You know, I probably know less than Garth Brooks about the Dylan Mulvaney thing. I just know it happened. So that's all I'm saying is, is I feel like this is one of those things where we might potentially be, you know, Garth Brooks said something kind of nutty and, you know, I'm sure his bar will do fine. I'm sure somebody's going to buy Bud Light. I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of other disgusting likers there that nobody should buy. It just, to me, this seems like one of those things that maybe we're just overreacting to a little bit. See, and I disagree because I think if when he was asked about that, I think, you know, what he should have done, honestly, been like, you know, I don't know, man. I'm just opening a bar. I literally would have been like, there was this video I saw on TikTok of these two like guys who went to this award show a while back and they wore dresses just to totally like be yeah, stupid. Yeah, the creators of South Park. And they totally, anytime they were asked, they just completely divulged yeah. the question. They completely ran around it. If I was Garth, I, if, are you going to serve Bud Light at your beer? You know, our bar opens, you know, July 14th, 7, excited, can't wait to see you guys there. But what about the Dylan Mulvini? You know, man, I, bar opens on July 14th. I don't know what else to say. That's see, what I feel like he knows because why else would you start making comments like you're an a-hole and everybody needs to love here if you're going to be because here. people yeah. are being jerks about the Bud Light thing. That's why. And he's probably, you know, uh, he, you know, as nutty as he's been, you know, as much as I have like berated him here the last few minutes, like. He just wants to run a good, clean bar, you know, at the end of the day. And I think that was just him, you know, again, like I do agree with Connor and what's already been said by 
the, the three of you that like it's very clear that he at least, I mean is he doesn't know the ins and outs of the Bud Light controversy. He knows it's happened, and that was just mm-hmm. kind of his tongue in cheek response to that because like he is an entertainer. Like I could easily see myself making the same you know comment there, and like I might do what you were saying is like if I was asked about it, I might be like, hey, you know, come see for yourself whether I've got Bud Light or not. You know, yeah, just to, you know, because I'm also like poking people. I mean, I love poking people so much so that I might be like, yeah. We're going to serve Bud Light and we'll see what happens. Like, you know, you don't have to drink it. There'll be other things offered, you know? Yeah. Which is yeah. fine, which is yeah. fair. That's what I'm saying is I'd rather him just say, we're going to offer. Like the smart thing to me would say, we're going to offer every yeah. brand of beer, not we're going to sell. Because first of all, no, you're not. Like anybody who's ever tried to sell anything in their life, you know, especially if there's a variety of it, knows you're not going to sell one of everything or two of everything, you know? Yeah. So, to your point. Mathematically speaking, he's wrong. To your point earlier, Zach, though, about uh, about, um, you know, you, you said that you don't think that this will actually make too much of a dent. I, I would have believed you at one time because I think that conservative individuals are terrible boycotts. But I do think that this is a much different scenario. I think the reason why uh, I mean, first of all, Bud Light has tanked a lot because oh, of these uh, this controversy. And a lot of why they did that is because their demographic is very conservative. And so when when a majority of your demographic are more um, conservative, maybe, um, you know, um, freedom minded individuals and they make up a a large portion of your uh, buying demographic, it's going to the boycott of Bud Light. A focused boycott is much more effective than just a general boycott that uh, so many conservatives just talk about doing. Oh, you shouldn't have Disney, but everyone does. Or you shouldn't mm-hmm. have Netflix, but everyone does. Um, I don't, but I I know that I am a, a rare find in that regard. Um, but m- my point is Target, on the other hand, I do not think has that same category where mm-hmm. you could say that the majority of their consumers were all conservative-minded individuals. The majority of target consumers, I don't have the demographics in front of me, but I'm soccer sure it wouldn't be hard for me to guess that it's 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 women. Yes, <laughs> it's, and, it's soccer moms and kids in there. And statistically, and women are not more conservative. But mm-hmm. the Dylan Mulvaney thing, the pride thing, it has upset enough people to where even target is starting to hurt from it. So mm-hmm. I am hoping that Garth does feel some heat from this not because mm-hmm. i wish ill on him but because i hope that he understands what is at stake in this and mm-hmm. you might be right zach giving him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he is just unaware of the controversy but whether he's unaware of the controversy or not this is such a high stakes situation that he needs to not be flippant about uh, about contributing to the conversation mm-hmm. When it is such a uh, a heated controversy, because I'm sure people in Des Moines, Iowa, are probably not enjoying the pitch of, "Hey, if you're bo- boycotting Bud Light because you don't want them pushing alcohol and transgenderism on your 17 year old daughter," well, you're an a hole. Yeah, I mean, am I wrong about that, Anastasia? No, you're not wrong, especially in especially like what you guys were saying earlier, like how country artists are like mostly, you know, for conservatives and people that usually like that music or that. Like, not only are you attacking like one base that's going to be coming to your bar, you're also attacking your music base as well. So even if he's living on a different planet, you know, his brain's kind of he's gonna get brought he's gonna get brought down to earth. Yep. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I, it's people, again, like, like uh, uh, Jason was talking about, people will overlook a lot for, you know, a good artist at the end of the day. Like, you know, the, the, the artists, I forget whose shocking behavior I have, you know, well, I take that back. I live a pretty examined life. It, it does bother me from time to time. So maybe I'm not the best example, but you know, like he, he's, he's right. People will overlook, forget what I was trying to say there. He's right. Like yeah. people will overlook a lot. And you know, I, in Garth Brooks, like he sells out almost immediately. He's one of those artists. Like the minute you catch, even if you were like, let's say you're a Garth Brooks fan and like you catch when that he might be down, like you better have got those tickets the minute that thought entered your head. Otherwise, they're sold out. So unless a bunch of people are going to do like the stupid type of thing, like they tried to do to the Beatles, where they bought Beatles records just to smash them, you know, which doesn't make any sense because the Beatles still got your money. And so whatever you do with the, you know, the vinyl is, you know, it's up, it up to you. So if people are just going to buy tickets to light them on fire or like Kid Rock did, where he shot the Bud Light with a machine gun. I was like, why are you doing that? But because you have to pay for the, the beer, you know. Like, yeah, in that kind of stunt like though, that, that, he he probably paid yeah. for a couple of of cans of beer and probably lost them thousands in marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, nobody takes Kid Rock seriously, so I don't think that he's. You know what I mean? It's like I, the same reason I don't think a lot of people take Garth Brooks as seriously as you know. You know, maybe like 15, 20 years ago, for sure, for sure. During our childhood, Connor, for sure. Like if he tried doing something like this, you better believe people are not showing up to the concert at, you know, the LA forum the next day. But right now it's like, he's been famous for so long and nobody really cares. Like at the, I don't care about Garth Brooks, clearly about Garth Brooks opinion on things. So I don't know. I mean, for sure he's going to get some heat from it. He's already getting heat from us, right? All four yep. of us. So it's not that he's not getting taken to task, you know, and I'm sure yeah. everybody in the comments and who will watch this in the future, like, yeah have thoughts on Garth Brooks. So I just there's don't think definitely, it's definitely there's definitely a gap between what artists believe and what their fan base believes. Cause honestly, a lot of country music stars are fairly left leaning and a lot of people don't know that or don't mm -hmm. want to admit it. But um, that kind of brings us a little bit to our, uh, our next story for the night. This is actually from timcast.com and uh, the writer is Hannah Claire Brimlow. Social conservatism reaches highest rate in decade. Greater social conservatism may be fostering an environment more favorable to passing conservative-leaning legislation, stated Gallup. The newly released Gallup survey also found that fewer people report taking liberal positions on social issues. The survey found 38% of Americans say they are conservative or very conservative on social issues, a 5% increase from 2022. So that's up just from this last year. The last time 38% of the population identified as conservative or very conservative was 2012. Since 2000, the greatest number of people who identified as conservative or very conservative, 42%, was in 2009. The number of Americans who reported being very liberal or very liberal on social issues increased during the last year falling from 30 or increased during last year, falling from 33% to 29% between 2000 and 2023. The percentage of Americans who identify as liberal or very liberal was at its highest in 2021 and 2022 at 34%. So this is obviously a trend that we are starting to see. I maybe 
I'm all washed up here, but it seems like I'm feeling this in general. Um, when I, um, spend any time on social media or even when I go out and about, and I live in a fairly conservative state and I recognize that, but in general, it does seem that more and more individual people that we would call normies, (laughs) they are more alert and aware of things like Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney Mm -hmm. and just these, these, uh, I guess we'll call them culture war issues are really starting to bubble up to the point where we are seeing it just on the surface, just all throughout our culture. So I just thought that was interesting, but uh, what are your guys' initial takes? Yeah, that's something I've definitely noticed more as well. I mean, not, not necessarily just recently, but the last couple of years where like, and I think like it first manifested as itself as like I was in a conversation with somebody who like definitely identified as liberal, but I was like, I don't think they're as liberal as like they think they are. Right. And then like I talked to another person, and I'm like, I don't think they're, you know, as liberal as they think they are. And then like somebody would and then like some something would throw me off the trail, right? Where somebody I'm like, well, maybe they're not as conservative as they think they are, you know what I mean? But like that it's you know, I I don't think I think I don't think in like matters of like principle, right? What it means to be a conservative has changed all that much. I think how it's presented has um, was kind of more, I spend the most time thinking about that, Um, right? Like I think a lot of people are freaked out by um, maybe not so much the Dylan Mulvaney thing, but things like, you know, like, like you're outlining Connor, like that was a great point about like him having a largely younger following and like, okay, well, this is a beer commercial. And like adults who would be watching the beer commercial probably aren't going to know who this is, but their kids are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so you're not selling me beer right now. You're actually selling it. You know what I mean? Like you can see the dots connecting there. So it might not even be the trans thing. And then for some people, it might be, you know, that where they're like, you're asking my kid to do learn about what in school, right? That was something I think I was mentioned in that article, Right. I think a lot of people are starting to ask those questions, you know, or like kind of like I was talking about earlier, like, why can't we just like say pump the brakes and like, let's talk about this. I think that's where more people are at. Well, and I think earlier we were talking a lot about like, Connor, you were talking about like comfort zones and all that kind of stuff. Like I think as a, as a society today, like we cannot be ignorant anymore. Like we definitely took ignorance as a comfort and not having to pay attention and just focusing on other things and everything like that. But this is starting to seep into our homes and seep into things that we never thought it was going to seep into. Like my husband is from a really tiny town here in Iowa. You know what I'm saying? And there's kids from his old high school that are now in his siblings high school you know, being transgender or going to school as animals and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the people, even in those kind of small towns, who thought nothing's going to ever happen here. We're the nuclear family, you know, we've got that all covered and everything's great. I mean, like evil and then the devil, he's coming for you and it's time. And he's not, it's not masked anymore. And it's not just for us people who have to do our intricate research. He's coming for all of y'all. So it's one of those things where it's like seeping in. So we can't be ignorant anymore. And so I think one of the main things too is like, you need to start deciding what side you're on. And I think that's that decision is starting to be presented, presenting itself to a lot of people nowadays as well. Yeah, I agree. The reality is it's really easy to want to 
retreat behind the walls and pretend mm -hmm. that the orcs are not at the front gate, but the orcs are at the front gate. And the reality is, um, it is, it is time to take up arms, honestly. Mm -hmm. And of course I'm talking metaphorical in case like, someone, oh, in case someone clips this, philosophically, metaphorically, spiritually, it is time for us to be engaged and be praying for individuals. Honestly, we need to be praying for our enemies, but the reality is there is an enemy and he does roam around like a lion seeking someone to devour. And the reality mm -hmm. is he is starting to see weakness in the herd and he goes for the weakest ones first. And the reality is the reason why, uh, to your point, Anastasia, your husband's small town is starting to see it. Mm -hmm. It's because first of all, it's coming in through the children, which are the most vulnerable, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the predators always go for the most vulnerable. Uh, but beyond that, you know, um, it has seeped in from the areas where we expect it to happen, like L.A., New York. And it's just permeating the entire culture. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need to realize, um, like I said in the thumbnail, there is no such thing as neutral spaces. We have to contend for the public square. And also to Jason's point, not because it's our responsibility to... Um, to make the world perfect because we cannot do that, but it is our responsibility to make disciples and it's our responsibility to do good works while we are occupying, um, you know, our home here on earth because yeah. our real home is in heaven, but uh, we are here on mission. The reality is we are, you know, you have to think about it from a standpoint of we are essentially warriors who are in enemy territory while we are here on this earth and we need to get our marching orders each day from the word of god so that we are equipped to to do good works we need to put on the full armor of god and be ready to extinguish the fiery darts of the of the enemy amen New ideas from big cities to country, rural lags city, but ends up in the same place. That's from Lewis and Lucas podcast. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It starts in the cities, but it always ends up uh, coming to the country eventually. Mm -hmm. But Mikhail says, I disagree. The country can preserve gospel morality. I do think there's a point where being, being in, I don't know if, if you mean this as in the country as in America or the country as in the countryside, but I do think that there is a point either way to uh, to notice that being near nature and being surrounded by nature, it is so much easier to feel the presence of God. Um, and uh, I believe it was James Fenimore Cooper who wrote uh, uh, the, he wrote uh, last of the Mohicans and a couple other great books. And um, he, he wrote all about how it's easy to not, feel the need for God when you are surrounded in a city and you have all of your, your needs being met by your fellow men, but go out into the ocean on a boat in a storm and you'll realize just how little you are and how present the God of the universe is and how, how little control you have. But absolutely. Jason, any other thoughts on this rising trend of conservatism? I think we need to be careful because their conservatism doesn't mean that they're Christian. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they're conservative. So I think 
and and I think sadly, I think we just want people to be on our team. We don't want to be, we we don't want to be on the 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 non cool kids table. So we want oh I want this particular person with a big name who professes to be conservative. Yeah yeah yeah. Let's let's bring him into our 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 tent rather than saying, rather than trying to call to her because you know keep in mind. You know, Candace Owens is a conservative. She's not a Christian, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of her views, a lot of her ideologies are not Christian. So, okay, so you're letting in the wrong type of people. So you, I'm not saying that you can't agree with her politically, but let's just keep that in mind. Like, her, her ideologies are extremely strange. Um, <laughs> so that being the case, you're going to end up putting yourself in a spot where you are siding with somebody who disagrees with you theologically just because they agree with you politically or socially. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look for that, but I think we might be inadvertently trying to do the same thing as we did before, which is trying to, you know, make the world a better place, you know, take over the world. Maybe we need to think about that before we get too excited about who is a conservative or who is not a conservative. That'd be my pushback. Absolutely. And we need to stop the waving the pom-poms the moment that one individual says something slightly conservative. Um, you know, it's important to build a coalition, obviously, sure. for political purposes. Um, but yeah, I mean, like to, to use your example of Candace Owens, I think that Candace Owens um, calls herself a Christian. I believe that she probably has many Christian beliefs. I would just uh, put her in the category of someone that probably has not thought too much about theology. If anything, it seems like she's on a path exploring it. Um, she, her yeah. husband is Catholic and she her did a whole big Catholic, thing with, yeah. uh, with Allie Beth Stuckey on Catholicism with, with mm-hmm. her Allie Beth and her husband all discussing it. And um, she's obviously on a journey thinking about theology, but to me it, it became apparent that she was just someone that did not think much about her theology theology prior to, um, being challenged by her Catholic husband. And so, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we all need to, um, think deeper about these things and know what we believe. Like you said earlier, Anastasia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sarah Joel said conservatives will take us down the road to hell too. Just not as fast as leftist liberals. Jesus is the answer, not politics. There we go. Amen. And, and yeah, I agree 100%. I will say this, though. I do think it is a good thing to have open dialogue and discussion about politics and religious thought and such like that, more specifically religious thought, because I'm running into people who've not thought about their theology. They've never thought about what they actually believe about the threeness of God or what they believe about baptism, what they believe about any of these other little small things. You mentioned earlier, Connor, we're not catechizing our children. What do I think about catechisms? What is catechism? So there's a lot of people who haven't fleshed those things out. So then when they get challenged by somebody about it, they vacillate and capitulate. And next thing you know, they believe nine different things. Mm -hmm. And when you put them all together, they're all conflicting. So to me, I think it's actually good. I tell people all the time, I think there's zero problem with having meaningful dialogue and discussion, even on social media, maybe not Twitter, maybe not Reddit, but here in these uh, YouTube suburbs, it's okay to have good conversation and flesh out things and talk about and, and come to a place like, I understand it. Cause I was telling 
Connor before we came online, Zach. I am a former libertarian. And so I, I fully understand the libertarian idea. And I, I fully understand why I no longer subscribe to libertarianism. However, however, I think we would, we would do well to encourage others to do the exact same thing. Like get out there and explore. If you yeah. believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, mm -hmm. I would suggest that you study, make sure you're ready, go pick a fight and, and see what happens. So, yeah. And it's a process. I'm still in the process of kind of fleshing out all of my different theological stances and mm -hmm. catechism was a word that I just thought was only for Catholics, but <laughs> you know, even just uh, not too long ago. Um, and you realize just th the idea behind it is just, it's just having answers to questions of theology and faith, but you know, either way, um, I completely agree. That's why Dear Woke Christian is one of many great channels that you can uh, you can follow along to and uh, and and get some theology under your belt. That being said, Jason, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Dear Woke Christian, the podcast. We have Dear Woke Christian podcasts as well as Dear Woke Christian on YouTube. Um, you can follow me. I will drop the link in the. Um, you can follow me on my um, link in the bio link with all the different social medias. I'll put that on there in a second. But um, you can also follow me on dearworldchristian.com. Perfect. Well. And you are on Rumble and you need to grow yes. that. I'm sorry. I am on Rumble. Um, man, I can't wait for them to get a little bit bigger so that we, we don't have to skip that. But yes, that is a, I am on Rumble as well. Thank you for reminding me, friend. Of course. Anastasia, where can people find you, keep up with you? Uh, primarily Twitter. So Anastasia underscore Hibbs. And then you can catch me on the Steve Day Show Tuesdays and Thursdays. Awesome. Zach, where can people find you? You can find me anywhere, everywhere, all at once. Um, Apple, Spotify, all the places you listen to music. I can be found there. I'm also streaming every Tuesday. Funk Fuse, Blues, Psychedelia. Can you dig it? You best your last money. You can dig it youtube.com slash my name you can find me there my new album is coming out here very shortly so if you don't follow me on the social media you should shame on you i've got some new music coming out friday a tune called beatnik trousers it's gonna rock your socks off it's gonna scald your brain can you dig it awesome well thank you everyone for joining us we have been forge and anvil jason's gotta go sleep because he's in the eastern time zone <laughs> oh, man. he's been yawning over here but uh we appreciate everything that uh, you guys contributed to the conversation, you especially, Jason, even though you're for so sure, tired. Sure. But uh, thank you, everyone. Until next time, peace out. Grace and peace, everyone.